Cartels are exploiting Indian reservations to get into America, and our federal government can't be bothered to stop it. Hey, y'all, it's Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. I just got back from two trips to our southern border, and I want to take you inside a huge hotspot where thousands of migrants are coming into America every day. I was with a member of the National Border Patrol Council when the Border Patrol nabbed multiple illegal migrants who were breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app. This is Dominic Tarzinski. He's a member of Poland's parliament with the ruling law and justice party. How many refugees has Poland taken? Zero. And you're proud of that? If you are asking me about Muslim illegal immigration, none, not even one will come to Poland. Not even one if it's illegal. This is the reason why we had not even one terrorist attack. Look at the streets in Poland. And we can be called populists, nationalists, racists. I don't care. I care about my family and about my country. And this, once again, is Henry Kissinger having an epiphany at the age of 100. What a grave mistake to let in so many people of totally different cultural and religious and concepts because it creates a pressure group inside each country that does that. And it does. And it's not about race. It's about culture. It's about expectations. It's about attitude. This is a New York Democrat stating very clearly that there's some things he just digs. His name is Charles Barrett. I have the distinct honor to be able to come before you and say I actually lost white population in my community. <laughs> I lost them. Isn't that funny? And if you said, hey, I have the distinct privilege of telling you we lost black people in our constituency, you would be run out of polite society. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's good. I think racism is stupid. I think it's inept. I think race is truly a construct. At least we know that on Harvard, they take a very, very hard line. Even when the speech is, is threatening to kill an entire race of people, demanding genocide, Harvard stands with free speech this is a new statement from the president of Harvard, Claudina Gay. Claudine Gay. Our university embraces a commitment to free expression. Does it? Does it really, or is that new now that the chants are about killing Jewish people? I think it's new. Let's examine it. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. The good news is, in times such as this, it means God knows he can trust us in these times. The bad news is, God never says, hey, by the way, never said, hey, it's going to be super easy too. In fact, he said, don't be surprised when you have troubles, because you're going to have troubles. 
This is something that the left loves to do as people who do not believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe it's the complete inerrant word of God. Um, people on the left who don't believe in God or believe the Bible is just written by dead white men uh, or they hate God. They will take Exodus 23, 9. You shall not oppress a sojourner. You know the heart of a sojourner for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. And that's true. That's true to the degree which you believe that we Gentiles, non-Jewish people, uh, were grafted onto the vine. Then we, in fact, were sojourners in Egypt. And of course, we've been sojourners as Western Europeans or whatever pretend race you are. I'm, I'm the pretend race white. Don't know what that means. It's not really a race. Race is a big, fat, silly construct. Culture matters. Your thoughts matter, your family history matters, your legacy matters, your patterns in life matter, how you act and treat others matter, your art matters, your creations, music, whatever God's created through you matters. But that word race, it just, to me, it doesn't, maybe that's a big hole in my soul. But we Western Europeans, Western Europeans, we've been sojourners from a fully Christian perspective. If you're to look at this from an evangelical, and I would regard it as biblically strict perspective, all Christians are sojourners. We're simply traveling through this life on this planet at this time, and eventually there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. This is not, though, our home. So, yes, we are not to oppress a sojourner, nor, nor are we to allow other people to trample our laws. Nor is Israel expected to have people trample theirs, France, nor other countries. That's not oppressing a sojourner to say, no, you don't get to come in in mass. And yes, there must be a legal process. But when there's an effort to tear down a society, and that is exactly what's going on in the United States, I'm going to continue to impress upon people the fact that you are in a cultural revolution for multiple reasons, so you can act accordingly. So you can tell your children, this is what a cultural revolution is like. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to divide, divide us as a family. I think that is important from day one with your kids. There are people who will try to divide us. You will meet people in your life who will want you to hate your mom and dad. And they will use trickery and lies. And they will tell you that they're the only ones who understand you. They're the only ones who really get you. That's what they're going to say. They may not attempt to kidnap you. They may not even attempt to have you move in with them, but they will attempt to drive us apart. It's natural for us to have disagreements as you grow. It's natural because you'll be forming your own opinions. You'll be becoming your own person. And there's going to be things in which we will disagree. One of the things I ask you to know is no one will ever love you in the same way we do. Hopefully you'll meet someone who loves you in a holy way joins with you in a union of marriage. Hopefully you'll meet friends who give you the great, great love that's possible between friends. But no one can ever love you like the people who gave you life. I think from the very beginning, we need to point out the effort to divide us. We need to point out to kids, young people, in very simple ways, the foolishness of mass, uncontrolled, purposeful, immigration policy that is purposely designed to destroy 
a country. I use the lifeboat metaphor. I think it's a good one. United States has been the lifeboat for people, for what's 20% of the world's displaced peoples. If you sink the lifeboat, then what? So I think we need to speak these things straight up early on and have kids understand, not to scare them and to arm them, but most of all, we need to do this from a biblical perspective. God has told us in the final days, good will be called evil, evil will be called good. Men will seek after their own desires, their own fleshly needs. They'll ignore and turn away from good and sound teaching to chase their own desires, their own so-called wisdom. They'll turn away from God. They'll try to make gods of themselves. We need to have our kids understand that what they're seeing, though scary, is actually a natural conclusion of sorts of a people who are broken in sin. And then we must do some things of examining how various countries treat this and what the outcomes are from various countries and their theories on an issue like immigration. Is it possible to be kind while saying, no, you don't get to come in? Ask any parent who's had to turn away an adult child or even a teen who's using drugs to say, no, I'm sorry, you're stoned. You can't sleep here tonight. Can you be cruel by turning people, or can you be kind by turning people away? I think you can. And, and sometimes you have to be. You always have to be, I think, intentional. 80% of Americans are short on magnesium, which leads to feelings of anxiety and terrible sleep. If you're not getting the sleep you need, get to bioptimizers.com slash Todd, use promo code Todd, get 10% off all their products, particularly magnesium breakthrough, this is the product I take a couple hours before bed. It's not a sleeping pill. It's nothing like that. It, it fights anxiety because it regulates the hormone cortisol. Magnesium does that. Magnesium Breakthrough has all seven forms of magnesium. So I feel relaxed. You guys have never seen me relax. I can't be relaxed and do the show. When I relax, I feel warm and ready for sleep. And one of the greatest pleasures in the world is reading a book in bed after you have your talk with your wife and you're praying. You're reading a book and the next thing you know, you wake up in the morning. I never get that unless I'm on Magnesium Breakthrough. Go to bioptimizers.com slash Todd. Use promo code Todd to get 10% off all their products, including Magnesium Breakthrough, so that your dreams can power your recovery of your body, and then you can power life. Bioptimizers.com slash Todd, promo code Todd for 10% off. This is the full statement uh, from the gentleman in, um, in Poland. And he's being interviewed. I mean, it's not the full statement. I'll put a link to the entire interview so you can see it in context. And he's a member of their parliament. Dominic Tosinski, he's asked a question about immigration and he is confronted in a way I actually appreciate. I mean, the journalist obviously has some bias, but at least it's actual hardcore questioning. How many refugees has Poland taken? Zero. And you're proud of that? If you are asking me about Muslim illegal immigration, none, not even one will come to Poland, not even one if it's illegal. We took over 2 million Ukrainians who are working, who are peaceful in Poland. We will not receive even one Muslim because this is what we promised. But I asked this not about illegal failed. immigrants, I asked about refugees. And Jean-Claude Juncker, the Commission President, says that you're racist. 
You sound proud of the fact that you haven't taken any refugees. Of course, because this is what our people expecting from our government. That's number one. This is why our government was uh, elected. But this is why Poland is so safe. This is the reason why we had not even one terrorist attack. Look at the streets in Poland. And we can be called populists, nationalists, racists. I don't care. I care about my family and about my country. The blanket ban on Muslims. Is it constitution in the United States? Probably not. Why would that exist? Because I'm here to tell you that not all Muslims are bad people. You know that. We all know that because we're grownups. The problem is this. And we're not to talk about it in this way. Radical Islam and Islam has a radicalization problem. 83% or so of Muslims believe you should be killed for leaving the faith. That is radical. And if you should be killed for leaving the faith, shouldn't you be killed for opposing it? It's not a long jump. The problem is countries like, well, Hamas is not a country, Iran is. Muslim countries weaponize immigration. They weaponize it from a number of different arenas. One of them is bringing in terrorists. Another is bringing in young men who hate the West. Look at what has happened to France. Look at what has happened in England. We can go through and play all the audio you want of Jewish kids being chased around England, which just happened this weekend. We can play all you want of the people chanting infantata, infantata, who are demanding genocide of a race of people, and they're demanding it from inside England. We can show how that spread into the college campuses quite purposely in this country where you have mindless kids, what Rush call them, young skulls full of mush, chanting this it's part of the program the other thing they do and they admit it it's not it's not like it's some secret is they use migration and then birth as a weapon to eventually overturn western societies through what henry kissinger warned about when he woke up at the age of 100 and he said hey it's a really bad idea to change your society overnight by bringing in people who hate your society. That's not being oppressive to a sojourner. Consequence of this is there are Republicans now, thank goodness, who are saying we will not let in any Palestinian refugees. Already I hear my own self saying, well, wait, that's cruel. What about the kids? What about them? We need to be able to check every single person because once you bring the kids in, you're going to bring the adults. Now, we can make this the United States problem if we want to. It's certainly a Christian issue. It certainly is. Our church, where I'm a member, sends, uh, sends delegations into so-called Palestine and into Israel to train pastors. And to train, yeah, Jewish pastors in Israel and, and, and Christian pastors in so-called Palestine. That's a tough duty. That's a Christian issue. And some of those people are trapped in that country right now, in, in so-called Palestine. And we prayed about it on Sunday morning. We prayed for them. We prayed for everybody. But in a country, we have a responsibility to take stock of where we're at. There was the stabbing of the Israeli diplomats right there in full view of everybody in Beijing, China, all over cameras. Apparently, this guy found a mask, looks like. We had the stabbing in France. And this is, uh, here you go. Here's your, here is your unfettered immigration and insane liberal policies on crime. The terrorist, this is the, uh, this is the, uh, this not knife attacker. 
Mohammed Mogo Kachuk, 20-year-old Chechen, as well as his brother, who served 18 months in prison for relaying da- uh, Daesh remarks, were arrested by the police. So, Daesh being another word for ISIS. So, this guy is relaying ISIS messages. His brother goes out and stabs someone. The attack committed this past Friday morning at the Gambetta High School in RS. An assailant armed with a knife burst into the establishment around 11 a.m., a high school. At the cry of Allah Akbar, according to several witnesses but not confirmed by the police, Mohammed Mogachuk, Chechen national registered with, um, with S, I don't know what that means, who could be a former student of this high school, stabbed a French teacher in the undetermined circumstances. During this bloody attack, two other victims were injured, also with knives. It concerns other professor, another professor who's in relative emergency and technical agent stabbed several times, whose life is in danger. The, 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 the prefect announced for his part, two serious injuries. It, now, I remember now that this is translated from the French. That's why it's all choppy and, and strange. But there's your unfettered immigration and your refusal to remove a guy who came into France and is communicating upon, uh, uh, on behalf of ISIS. How many people are in this country communicating on behalf of Hamas? Thousands, tens of thousands. Every chant on a college campus is a communication on behalf of Hamas. If that chant is from the desert to the sea, from the mountains to the sea, there's only one solution, infantata. Those chants are messages on behalf of a terrorist group and you have it going on at college campuses around the country. All of that is acting upon the wishes of Hamas. So Henry Kissinger's awakening better be the United States awakening. Any bill to limit Palestinian, so-called Palestinian refugees from coming into this country is going to be blocked, not just by the figurehead, You think Mitt Romney and Chuck Schumer are going to allow that? You think that they're going to allow themselves to be seen as racist? Even if it's just to say, pause, wait a minute, who's coming in? Remember when the figureheads was told to leave our equipment behind, and he warned against that. I played the audio earlier this week of Senator Biden warning against the Taliban ever getting a hold of our equipment. Remember the unfettered immigration that we allowed at that point. it's, It's said to be a million people. We're allowed in with no checks. Meanwhile, there are still Americans to this moment in Afghanistan and God forbid, but probably dead if they've been tracked by the Taliban. It is not oppressing a sojourner to say, we're going to take a pause and figure out exactly what's going on during this, this cultural revolution that we're in. We're going to take a pause. Sometimes that's a wise thing. It's a strategic retreat. Uh, I was just talking the other day with uh, with a friend of mine uh, who was helping me, um, uh, n- not helping me, but working out with me, which is, I guess, help, uh, helping me work out uh, by being there, my friend Kevin. And we were, I hadn't done, jeez, uh, here I go talking about working out again. Um, I had not done a serious, serious uh, squat workout in a long time, like like heavy squats. And I took a, I took a strategic retreat. I liked where I was going. I liked the weights. It was a good challenge, and I could have continued, but with age, wisdom. Hey, you know what? I got a pain in the inside of my leg. I'm going to roll it out. I'm going to floss and see how it does. You know what? I feel fine. I could go up another 10 or 20 pounds, do another 10, 15 reps. Why? I'm 56. I'll do this next week. 
I'll do some other things. I'll do some lunges and some other things. And I'll get just as good a workout. Just like I don't do this last set. Sometimes with age comes this wisdom. I would tell you this. As you age, and maybe you've not found this to be a pattern. I have. I don't know any man my age who just says, you know what? I sleep so well. I, I just, I love sleeping. I just sleep so well. I never wake up. I don't know anybody as healthy as they come. And it's so common with men my age now, because I thought I was the unique one saying, oh, you, you know, I'm often up at 445 and, and brothers are like, and should I call you? Because I'm awake too. It's the quality of sleep that you get that determines how well your body repairs itself, repairs its cells, your mental health, your energy levels. I use magnesium breakthrough for this. Even if it's seven hours of sleep because of my schedule, it's seven hours of restorative sleep, relaxing at a cellular level. Hey, when it's nine, occasionally I get that, I wake up completely refreshed. And in the background, it does more than sleep. It helps with digestion. It helps with bone density, helps regulate stress. And it can do this because magnesium breakthrough made by bioptimizers contains all seven forms of magnesium. I think it's about 80% or so of Americans are short on magnesium. Do not miss out on the most relaxing sleep ever. Use Magnesium Breakthrough. To get it, visit bioptimizers.com slash Todd and enter code Todd for 10% off any order. The special offer is only available at bioptimizers.com slash Todd, code Todd. Save 10% at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash Todd, bioptimizers.com slash Todd, code Todd. So Harvard is one of those schools at which there have been um, these demonstrations demanding the death of Jewish people, demanding genocide. But it goes further. As you know, some Harvard students decided to sign a document demanding, effectively demanding more genocide in support of what Hamas did. You can support the so-called Palestinian people. You can choose to believe that Palestine is an ancient land rather than a label put on that land by the British when they were colonizing. Everybody who says they're against the colonists and the colonizers and then says Palestine forever, you're confused because it was the British government who decided to call that Palestine. You can go back 3,000 years to Abraham in the Bible and even the Muslims consider themselves to be Abrahamic and in reality, they are. There was a split in the family. One side of the family went, well, against God, my judgment. So you can play that game and you can adopt that opinion. And then if you say, and that's why it's okay to go murder civilians at a concert. That's why it's okay to beat and stab a grandma to death and then use her phone to post pictures of her dying, videos of her dying on her own Facebook page so all her friends and family get to see that. Those two things don't need to go together. Look, I supported the, um, the Irish in, in, in their battle with Britain for control. I didn't support blowing up cafes. And I've actually debated an IRA terrorist about this. He was just let out of prison. One of the most, I wish I had the tape of that. One of the most fascinating interviews I've ever done. He kept using the F word, by the way. Well, I kept pretending he was saying another word because I, I couldn't continue to bleep it because it was every other word. So I kept, I, kept, I kept pretending he was speaking Gaelic. 
Now, on the topic of speech and these Harvard students, they put out this statement. They want more infantata. They want more tax. They support what was done. Well, shockingly, people decided to track them down and to say, okay, you very proudly signed this statement. Here's who you are. These are your identities. And the Harvard students had said, we've been docs. This is very dangerous. People could come after us. And? And what? Your concept of signing that document is, well, I'm helping helping to, to help oppressed people. And all I'm doing is saying, go kill Jews. That's all I'm saying. I don't even think they look at it that way. I think that Harvard is so cloistered, so, I just about said uppity, so cloistered, so dripping with arrogance, so dripping with living in theory that they don't actually live in the real world. They live in theory that they don't really understand. We're, we're, we're really actually talking about Hamas who would do this to you. You think because you signed a document, they wouldn't do this to you? You're in the way of global jihad. You're in the way of Allah. You better believe they'd do this to you. So as this chance heat up on the college campus, as this letter goes out, the now students from Harvard have now disappeared the letter. They don't want it seen any longer, but the, the internet lives forever. We have archives of it. Am I saying that I want these kids docked, these docks, young people? No, but I'm not particularly upset that it happened. So this statement comes out from the relatively new president of Harvard. And as we listen to this, let's remember some things. Harvard is a racist institution, full stop. Harvard does everything they can to keep young Asian men out by rigging systems by creating a social system, a social score that they consistently found that Asian men just weren't, they weren't, you know, Harvard material. They just didn't fit in culturally. They weren't a good cultural fit. Funny thing. They never met any of them. They were able to, they were able to discern that by looking at their resumes and their, their, their curriculum vitale. Oh, you know, he's just, I don't know. He's, he's, it seems like a crunchy type, you know, very sensitive or he's racist. How do you know? Well, I read his resume. There's another huge irony to the Harvard statement here, the new president, Claudine Gay. And here she is telling everybody about how much they respect free speech at Harvard. People have asked me where we stand. So let me be clear. Our university rejects terrorism. That includes the barbaric atrocities perpetrated by Hamas. Our university rejects hate, hate of Jews, hate of Muslims, hate of any group of people based on their faith, their national origin, or any aspect of their identity. Except Asians. Our university rejects the harassment or intimidation of individuals based on their beliefs. Except J6ers. And our university embraces a commitment to free expression. Ha. That commitment extends even to views that many of us find objectionable, even outrageous. We do not punish or sanction people for expressing such views. 
But that is a far cry for endorsing them. It's in the exercise of our freedom to speak that we reveal our characters and we reveal the character of our institution. We can issue public pronouncements declaring the rightness of our own points of view and vilify those who disagree. Or we can choose to talk and to listen with care and humility, to seek deeper understanding and to meet one another with compassion. We can inflame an already volatile situation on our campus or we can focus our attention where it belongs, on the unfolding tragedy thousands of miles away. It's not thousands of miles away. The unfolding tragedy is on college campuses where young people have been taught and taught and taught that it's a good idea to demand the death of people with whom you disagree, particularly if those people have the audacity or the temerity to disagree with one of the sacred classes. One of the sacred classes you guys have set up at Harvard is Muslim people. They're a BIPOC. And as your school has taught now endlessly, BIPOCs are sainted, flawless, and not to be questioned. But we'll get to this irony. We'll get to this irony. It's out of those schools that a lot of people who staff investment companies have come. It is. It's, it's out of those schools. And they come out with a just unique brand of arrogance. And that brand of arrogance, well, if you've been around people like this, like I have, having worked in tech, you can kind of smell it. Because they'll say things to you like this in a conversation. They'll say things like, well, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I don't know uh, how technical you are. I don't know what that means. How would I, how would I express a technical? Or I don't know what kind of finance background you have. Well, I know that you're an MBA, but I also know you work for me or you work several levels below me. Now, when this happens and it is to do with your money, well, that's a different issue. Because there's a lot of these young people in these investment companies who are responsible for buy and hold and just make sure the client's happy getting on the phone with you. Hey, you know, Dave's busy, but I'll talk with you. And they have this arrogance of things have always been good. Therefore, they're always going to be good. Yeah, sure. We're, we're rolling, the, rolling the dice. We think crypto is very, very big. So yeah, well, I went 30% in crypto. Guys, in my judgment, if you're 30% in anything right now, I, I don't know that that's a great idea. But then again, I don't do my own investing. I turn to Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management because at Bulwark Capital Management, their philosophy is simple. They actively manage every portfolio, every single one. They do this on a daily basis. They're always looking for upside, but upside that does not have a huge cavern at risk staring you in the face of risk. There's ways to do this. But if you're coming in with the Harvard-type arrogance, why would you ever worry about downside? Gosh, that's not going to happen. So actively managing with a mind towards risk management can, in fact, lower your risk and volatility. Here's what you can do if you're not yet ready to make the switch to bulwark capital management. Let's take a preliminary step. Get in contact with them and get their copy of Common Sense Investing. This is a little book Zach wrote. It can show you how you 
can protect your portfolio against loss, but still work to grow assets. So call them. Read Common Sense Investing on your own. Give it to your spouse. Discuss it with a friend. Call 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or go to knowyourriskradio.com to get the free Common Sense Investing Guide. 866-779-RISK or knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Trek Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Did I mention that there is another level of irony, shockingly, to what that lady from Harvard just said? And that's this. Harvard received the single worst score in the history of the group FIRE, which tracks free speech on campuses. And they point this out in relation to this, this, this president of Harvard making that statement. They're right. Harvard is consistently ranked one of the best universities in the United States. But FIRE frequently finds itself in the odd position of giving all-star academic schools failing grades. Simply put, Harvard has never performed well in FIRE's college free speech rankings, finishing below 75% of the schools surveyed in each of the past four years. In 2020, Harvard ranked 46 out of 55 schools. 2021, 130 out of 154 schools. Last year, Harvard ranked 170th out of 203 schools. This year, Harvard completed its downward spiral in dramatic fashion, coming in dead last with the worst score ever, zero out of a possible 100. This earns this notorious distinction of being the only school ranked this year with an abysmal speech climate. What's more, granting Harvard a score of zero is generous. Its actual score is minus 10.69, more than six standard deviations below the average, more than two standard deviations below the second to last school in the rankings. Its Ivy League counterpart, the University of Pennsylvania, Penn, obtained an overall score of 100 or of 11.13, which raises the question, why did Harvard do so poorly? In light of historically low rankings, the reasons are many. From 2019 to this year, Harvard sanctioned four scholars, three of whom it terminated. In 2020, Harvard revoked conservative student activist Kyle Kashev's acceptance over comments he made on social media as a 16-year-old kid, for which he has since apologized. In 2022, Harvard disinvited feminist philosopher Devin Buckley from an English department colloquium on campus over her views on gender and so-called trans issues. In 2019, Harvard was the site of a substantial event disruption when protesters interrupted a joint talk featuring former Harvard President Loris S. Bacow and Graduate School of Education Dean Bridget Terry, um, Dean Bridget Terry Long, by occupying the stage and put and, and then refusing to leave. Harvard has performed very poorly in a number of survey-based components of the college free speech rankings. And it just continues to, to go through this abysmal performance. And this woman is coming out and saying, this is what Harvard protects. This is what we mean. And yet none of it's true. I always wonder to what degree when you live in theory and you have a world around you, does, does living in theory make you capable of ignoring the actual facts around which you live? I think it does. And ABC News, to their credit, reports on pro-Hamas groups and college campuses and focus is entirely on Harvard. And, by the way, ABC News frets that it's in the middle of a contentious 
and controversial series of events since these poor students were docked. College campuses are deeply divided, including here at Harvard, where students here, it's not just about trying to protect their safety, but corporate CEOs are trying to blacklist some students whose organization signed on to a controversial statement. This morning, as protests erupt on college campuses across the country over the escalating Israeli-Hamas war in the Middle East, tensions mounting between some of those student protesters and their potential employers. Harvard now finding itself in the middle of contentious conversation after its Palestine solidarity groups released a statement signed by more than 30 student groups in the wake of the Hamas terrorist. If this was a statement from students saying we don't want black kids on our campus, if this was a statement from students saying we support January 6th, can you imagine if a college came out and said we support the January 6th event? Not the, not the theories, not, the, not just the, hey, the election was stolen, but we actually support breaking into the building for those people that did that. If they signed this, would that be the tone of the ABC piece? No, not at all. This woman at, at Harvard, the, the, the president, Claudine Gay, says that they're anti-hate. One of the amazing things about hate is that it knows no bounds. It has, no, it, it has an appetite that cannot be satiated. Hatred can last a long time. Loathing can last forever. Well, I mean, until the Lord Jesus comes. Well, then you can go loathe in hell. A guy named Isle Waldman is a high-tech, very successful dude. I think he's a billionaire. And he made this decision. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build a tech center in the West Bank. In the Gaza Strip. I'm going to employ hundreds of so-called Palestinians as developers. He did it. He built an HQ there to hire people as a bridge between the two cultures to say, look, we're neighbors. Can we work together? And people who live in that territory, so-called Palestinians said, you know what? I'll work for the guy. And it was a success. Hatred has an appetite that can never, ever be satiated. Isle, in addition to being a CEO and an entrepreneur, was, was a father to a young woman. She decided to go to a concert a concert for peace. Her dad put his money where his mouth is. They hired so-called Palestinians. Now, those people that work for him presumably didn't do this. But it was done. She was murdered. And I am not trying to be unduly graphic. But I do wonder if as she was being killed, as she was saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. My dad helps you. This man allowed himself to be interviewed to talk about what happened. You know, Danielle was born in California in the United States. She was the happiest kid ever. And everybody really loved her. And she grew up as an amazing young girl and woman. 
for everybody loved and she loved everybody. Noam grew here in Israel and is a real man. They met in the army and have planned to spend all of their lives together. Yes, we have found, I went down south with my friend Israel Ziv. And we have found the car that uh, they were in. What happened, they were in the music festival. And I guess missiles start hitting the location. There were a group of seven kids that fled with their cars. Noam and Daniel with their friends turned south. And I've seen a tract with three terrorists up north coming and we've saw the trails of at least three Kalashnikov guns from the back of the car, ripping the car. And two, at least one came with a motorcycle from the front. And we've seen the vicious inhuman attack of four or five kids that were in the car that had no chance to defend themselves. They have done nothing to hurt anyone except to come and celebrate life and love and peace. His daughter's name, the daughter who was murdered, was Danielle. That's, that's, this is Harvard. These are the chants. Poland won't take any Muslim refugees because they don't want that to happen. Not that all Muslim people do this. But when radical Islam weaponizes immigration, we'd be wise to listen to the words of a man who had a hundred year an epiphany in his hundredth year, Henry Kissinger. We'd be wise. And sometimes wisdom comes with age. I always struggle whether to say this or not, because I feel it can be, well, emotionally, oh, emotionally usury. But it just came into my mind that wisdom with age I think if my dad were still alive now at my age, I, I'm probably earlier. I think I probably would have gone to him and said, Hey, uh, I want to help you lose this fat from your body. I want, I please let me help you. Please let's do this together. It doesn't need to be drudgery. Can we do this together and have, and, and can we make this a project, a father son project? And uh, honestly, I think I might've said, Hey, how about if I move in? Not, not, not in your home. Your home is your castle. I'll get an RV. And how about if I'm here three or four times a week? Uh, hey, your granddaughter get to know you. It, it, you know, it's not, it's not about drudgery. You and I can do things together too. And yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. I would absolutely have said, I want you to use soda weight loss. Now, I know exactly what my dad would say. No, because I don't want to be hungry all the time. No, because there's foods I like. I like the foods I eat. It's not the food. It's my body. It's I'm, and I, I would say to him, no, but dad, dad, it is the food. And I'm not here to tell you, you never get to eat this again. I'm telling you, I go out to pizza once a week. And when I say pizza, I mean, I eat a whole pizza in an entire Caesar salad with a bunch of Caesar salad dressing on it and chicken. And, and I put away two, 2000 calories in a meal. It doesn't even mention the, uh, the, the, the huckleberry lemonade, probably 2,200 calories. So dad, when I'm talking about this with you, I'm coming from perspective of having lost 180 pounds. So a fat, 
Soda is ranked number one in the nation for client satisfaction and results. Here's some of the reasons why. They don't want you to be hungry. My wife did the program and lost an enormous amount of weight. I shouldn't have said that. She, she, she lost for her, for her body size, a lot of weight for her body size. Uh, my sister had similarly great results. Both women said, I can't believe how much food they want me to eat. Because soda knows how to turn your body into a fat-burning machine without starvation. If you do it through the starvation route, the fat's coming back. It's just guaranteed. Soda provides 85% of your foods at no additional cost. So those are trips to the grocery store you don't make and money you don't spend. That's all included. You get expert coaching and accountability. You have a team of nutritionists and dietitians and expert coaches. All this from the comfort of your home. I know my dad would say, I don't want to go in someplace, son, people weighing me and looking at me. You don't have to do that. We'll do it here. I wouldn't even need to look at you. You don't need to tell me what you weigh. You just tell them. And 80% of change happens in the mind. Soda helps tackle the mental, emotional habits, behaviors that are associated with letting go of excess weight. And again, I could hear my dad saying, you mean I have to talk to strangers about this? I'd say, dad, you're a social worker. <laughs> you have a master's degree. <laughs> Sometimes you talk to people. Yes, dad. Or you can talk to me. Yes, I would have done it. I, am, I, I didn't have the wisdom at the time. Don't be afraid of being hungry. That's not what this is about. Be cheerful of an opportunity to change. Go to Soda Weight Loss, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. It stands for state of the art. Soda Weight Loss, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. When I speak of hatred, the hatred knows no bounds. Hatred doesn't, it can't be satiated. We're just talking about soda weight loss. It can't be satiated. California, in an effort, of course, to win elections, is once again showing that racism is their tool. It's also the tool of the devil. How do I know it's the tool of the devil? Because God created humanity and it was good. Because the Lord Jesus is, tells us, through the Bible, there's neither Jew nor Greek, master nor servant. He doesn't see us that way. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The world. In California, they've started a task force to find black missing children. They're going to prioritize finding black children over others. Because black kids are more valuable to the Democrats for a voting block. The same hatred that college campuses are displaying for Jews can just as quickly be turned against white kids. And here's how they'll do it. Hey, listen, if you're white and same-sex attracted, you're fine. If you're white and are pretending to be different than the sex you are, you're fine. If you're adjacent to us and serving us, you're okay. But if you're not, you need to be killed. How is that a far stretch from kill the Jews? We talk with uh, Michael Rourke. We talked with him yesterday. Retired Special Forces. He said all the pieces are in place, including the public place or the, the public faces of the insurgency. He called the squad, people like Rashida Tlaib, 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Pramila PayPal. He said, that's your public face of the insurgency. Well, so is, in my judgment, Representative Charles Barron from New York. Of course, he's a Democrat. And of course, he gets a pass for this brutally racist statement he makes, where he says he's happy to report that there are black people, no, that there are white people are leaving his district. This is just part of it. I have the distinct honor to be able to come before you and say I actually lost white population in my community. <laughs> I lost them. They left. They left. I didn't ask them why. They left. So if you see one or two or three or four or five whites in my neighborhood, they're passing through. (laughs) Uh, That's some funny, funny stuff. It's hatred. And he's a public face of an insurgency. How is it a long trip from gas the Jews or kill them with paragliders, with guys armed paragliders, uh, chop them up to come after white people? And then how is it a long trip to, well, you know, Hispanics are pretty white. Guys, this is the way it starts. This is why eight years ago, nine years ago, the radio, I started to talk about these people as little baby Khmer Rouge. This is a TikToker. Some random guy happens to be black. He's talking the language of decolonizing America. Great to see how many black people agree with Palestine. But can we have that same energy here in the Americas for us right now? Can the great minds that we have for black people come together and create an organization that's going to start our revolution? Little Haji, black people can't agree. Shut the f*** up i believe we have enough black people with a similar mindset for a black revolution in fact if you feel like you want a black revolution too click the link in the bio and join the nation of black liberation we're just gonna sit here and be like i support palestine or are we gonna do what palestine do and de-fucking colonized if that capitalism birthed racism then you'll believe that the end of capitalism would end racism and that's not true because it does not matter what class you are in if you are black you are susceptible to racism so we can listen to these crackers sit here and tell us how bad capitalism is they're barely talking to you because at the end of the day ain't no people's revolution without the black revolution peace peace he's speaking the language of decolonization Except the whole nation of Palestine was created by an empire, a colony. Just renamed an area. But the ignorance is purposeful, isn't it? That's how it's been programmed. Harvard's hate, it's America's problem. And it's our job as parents, as we talked about at the very beginning of the show, to say there are people who are going to try to divorce you from your friends and your family, mostly your family, because they hate our structure. We have got to begin at home, even as grandparents, teaching the reality of the world from God's perspective. Thank you, Lord, for giving us those tools. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and please make every effort to be right with God.
The Supreme Court rejects 14th Amendment arguments for kicking Trump off the ballot. The Biden administration admits secretly flying 320,000 illegals into the country last year. And some unhinged never-Trumpers want to ruin the lives of people seeking a no-labels third-party candidate. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day, and hopefully a lot of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.